episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Um, we finished up episode one last week. Right. No prayer for the dying. And right. now we're going to get into episode two. Right. Dig a little more into the tracks, get into some background stuff. Yep. That's right. Last uh, week we had, uh, we covered two good tracks. And one and bad beer. One bad beer. <laughs> ah, exactly. That's what you were going to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And this week we got one good beer and who knows? Who knows how many good tracks <laughs> who knows we'll, see what we'll get into. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. We're going to do a little bit of background stuff. Um, yep. Kick in. I think we can talk a little bit about the Adrian departure. Yeah, we're going to do that. Be interesting. But first, let's get this week's beer on the go. But first, the beer. Uh, Zodiac IPA, 6.2%. That should get the juices going. Uh, it's an India Pale Ale, uh, brewed by Omnipolo. They're Stockholm, Sweden, Toronto, Ontario, product of Canada. I yeah. I've never heard of this. So brand. I don't know what if this is a Swedish brewery yeah. that also set up now in Toronto. I don't know. Zodiac. I don't know anything about it. There is a crown on the back, which could potentially mean... Signed up by the kings of Sweden. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's... Uh, I'll put a link to the beer yeah. on talkingmaiden.com slash beers, where there's a list of like the 70 beers that we've drank on the podcast. Yeah, we've had some great um, great beers from Sweden. Yeah. yeah, when we crack this, I'll tell you about my Swedish beer trip. All right. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. So the Zodiac... It has a cool can. It is. It's like it's black oh. with a bunch of green aliens on it. Wow. And the, the smell hit me right off. I think this is going to be even better than the Moosehead beer from last <laughs> yeah. week. Even better. Yeah. We um, had, had a few stinkers of as far as beer goes on the uh, podcast. We haven't, we haven't had, had that many, though. No. Well, we mostly pick good beers. Yeah. We had one that was like a... Uh, it was like super syrupy sweet. Oh, turned me right off. This look, one no good deed goes awesome. unpunished. To all the listeners out there, I always pour your beer first because I'm a bloody gentleman. And look, you got the lion's share. You got the Nesbitt's share. Smells good. Oh, it tastes different than I expect. Yeah. The smell and the taste are very different. Mm. First reaction is good, not great. It smells amazing. It's it a smells 10 out of like, 10 yeah. smell. It smells like a, like and then a you're really like, strong citronella. I keep citronella. drinking it trying to get that. Yeah. <laughs> citronella. Trying to get that That's like, what taste. I call them. Citronella candles. Citronella IPAs, man. Crack one <laughs> open in your room and you'll keep the mosquitoes away and you'll smell great. It smells like pineapples, but it doesn't taste like... I don't know. That's pretty good. Nesbitt, yes, where are you in drinking beer in bed? Bad? Come All on. for it. All for it? Yeah. Me too. I got. There's one problem, though. I'm trying to think of anywhere where I'm against drinking beer. That's a good point. I think it is alcohol <laughs> abuse, though, because sometimes I wake up and there's half a beer wasted. <laughs> it's quite common. Every time I take a beer to bed, I like. I get so sleepy, I'm like, oh, I could take that last week. You know what's a brush my teeth. underrated, forgotten, awesome beer? What's that? The shower beer. Shower beer? Have you ever been like playing a sport? Like I remember playing soccer. Yeah. And you get like super hot and sweaty and you're like, you go home and you're like, okay, let's all get showers and then we'll go meet up and go drinking. Yeah. And you go home and you get like an ice cold beer and you crack it and you drink it in the shower. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, that is deadly. <laughs> they're very rare, but they're very, uh, they're, it's the unsung awesome beer. That's right. Oh, <laughs> the post hockey beer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this would be the same thing if you drink it in the shower after hockey. Sweden. I went to Sweden well, I've talked about the trip before. I've only yep. been there once. I've been to Norway four times and, and Denmark five times. And I got to travel those places a lot. Mm. Um, but Sweden, I've only been once, but I did go up north. And right behind you is a reindeer pelt that I smuggled back. Oh, uh, you see that on the radar? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just got that out. Um, and I, I loved it. 
But I went around. I, I was like on my own. I was traveling for business. It was my own business. But uh, I, t- I took a couple days. And I brought a suit, and I just put on the suit and went around like tasted beer. Which oh, I think you mentioned this. Yeah, on the podcast I might have before, mentioned yeah. on the podcast. Well, I'm gonna tell it again. Hey, the beer is amazing. I can't yeah. remember what stories are you were told on the podcast, yeah, what ones you told outside of the podcast. Stories though are better right. with time. Like yeah. my my favorite stories, like you know my own stories, but other people's stories. My favorite stories, I like to hear them. Like a, a buddy of ours, this classic story. It involves jail. We're not going to get into it on the podcast, but every time we get out oh. a couple beers, I'm like, tell the story about the time, <laughs> about that time, and uh, I love it. Anyway, so we'll get into the album. We touched a little bit on like. The Yannick coming into the band and Adrian leaving. Yeah. Um, we talked about this kind of in the Adrian episode and kind of in the Yannick episode. Yes. And I think a little bit in the Tattooed Millionaire episode too. So I'm just mm. going to be brief. I'm not going to get into it again. But early 1990, they're coming off Seventh Son. Uh, Steve spends a couple months editing the Made in England video. Adrian's coming off doing ASAP, his solo album. Bruce coming off doing Tattooed Millionaire. They had this plan to like take three months work on songs, write songs, and then record. So they had a long songwriting period and a lot of time to really develop and flesh out songs. Then I read an interview with Adrian, and he said Steve Harris and Bruce Dickinson got together and wrote Tail Gunner, Run Silent, Run Deep, and Holy Smoke in one day. That's what Adrian says. I don't know if it was literally one day, but the songs came together really quick. Yeah. And so after a couple of weeks, they ended up getting a recording, mobile recording studio in, and Adrian was like, this isn't what we planned on. No. And he was, like, not happy at all. Like, they wanted to go on, like, a quick... Write them quick. Put them together quick. Get that raw killer's feel with minimal production. And they set up a mobile studio in a barn next to Steve Harris's house and started recording early. So they got the Rolling Stones mobile studio. Like, a, Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a mobile studio. It's like a truck with a studio in the back. Yeah. So Rolling Stones used it for Sticky Fingers and XL on Main Street. Led Zeppelin 3, 4, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti was the same mobile studio. The Who, Who's Next. Um, Deep Purple did Machine Head and Burn. And the last album recorded with this mobile studio was No Prayer for the Dying by Iron Maiden. Wait now. 3 and 4 were, reco- were recorded in there? Yeah. With this and mobile studio. And Houses of the Holy. Yeah. In graffiti. a mobile studio? Yeah. It's this Rolling Stone mobile studio. Why? Um, I don't know. I guess you can set up your recording in any room you want, and then you just run all your lines out to this truck where you record it and multi-track. Okay, so that you're not recording in the truck. Oh, it's like the mixing the mixing boards and everything are in the truck. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but you still need to have the acoustics in the rooms that you're playing to record correctly. When they, they used Steve Harris's burn that was next to his house in Harlow, England, on his property. Oh my God. Yeah, which is I don't know. I you might be able to get a good sound in there, but they didn't... I think the mixing and the mastering of this was, like, very minimal. Yeah. Because there's not a lot done to kind of... Especially coming off Seven Sun, which is super, really heavily produced. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, the, this was the last album that they recorded with the studio. Um, I think there was a few live albums uh, and, like, a few singles recorded with it after this album. I know the Ramones did a live album with it after this. But I think this was the full, last full studio album recorded with the mobile studio. Hmm. Um, you know that song "Smoke on the Water." Yes. So um, this was almost a, the studio is almost destroyed in a fire at a Frank Zappa concert in Switzerland, and that's what that Deep Purple song "Smoke on the Water" is about. Yeah. It's about they showed up to record in this mobile studio. I thought it was about smoking weed. 
No. <laughs> Smoke on the water and fire in the sky? Isn't it a bit of like a bomb? No, it's about this big fire that uh, went off at this uh, Frank Zappa concert. Yeah, if you read the lyrics. Well, well I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it on the radio. I'm not a Zappa fan. So they had studio time booked for three months later. Yeah. They wanted to get the album done quick and spontaneous. And Bruce Dickinson, I have a quote from him here. It says, it was a shit sounding record and I wish we hadn't done it that way. At the time, I was as guilty as everyone else in going, oh, great, look, we're all covered in straw. What a larf. <laughs> so they rehearsed... You're, hook... you're having a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> they rehearsed Hooks in You, Holy Smoke, Public Anima Number 1, and The Assassin with Adrian. And Adrian thought this was like a huge step backwards and wanted more time. There's a lot of tension. They had a band meeting, and Adrian was kind of like, didn't quite quit, wasn't quite fired, just kind of like... Half quit, half fired. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Basically, wasn't happy. Steve Harris asked if he's 100% in the band anymore. And he said he didn't know. And Steve Harris was like, well, if you don't know, then that's not good enough. And it was this big thing. And then in comes Yannick. Yannick played in White Spirit, 70s, early 80s. Played with uh, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple in his band. But we mentioned Gog Magog last time, which is like a throwaway EP. It was like a super band put together with like Paul Diano and Clive Burr. Yeah. And... Uh, Pete Willis, who was in Def Leppard for the first three albums. Uh, I think he got kicked out of the band during Pyromania. Yeah. And uh, Neil Murray, from he was formerly in Whitesnake. That was Gog Magog. And then he did, I think he did a song with this guy named Fish, who was from X Marillion, was the band he was in. I don't know much about him. We played a clip of him on the Yannick episode. Mm. Then he teamed with Bruce to write Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter for the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. 5 soundtrack. And then from that, they decided to do a full studio album. Did Tattooed Millionaire. We did a full episode on that. And then he was asked to join when Adrian left. So they recorded this album super quick. I have an interview from Dave Murray. It was a Japanese interview. And he said, uh, most tracks are done in a few takes. Drums recorded in one or two takes. One or two songs a day for the guitars. So. You know what? Uh, there's one thing, though. Whether or not you love this album or, or whatever. If you listen to it and you, you, know, you realize they did it that quick, like, it's impressive. You know what I mean? Like the fact yeah, that you can true. even produce this quality yeah. so fast. But on this note, let, let me just step back. I want to give you a perspective here. Yeah. That, that this is how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. This album, right? Then you follow up with, you know, Fear of the Dark. Then you've got the Blaze albums, which mm -hmm. are now this is a good period of time. This is a full decade to the end there, basically. Yep. And Adrian's out, and I would argue our biggest our favorite album across those four is X Factor. Uh, but I think I would agree with that. Not too. to jump the gun, but yeah. but in general, we would put X Factor up there. We would debate the nuance. Yeah. And our one complaint about X Factor was that some of some of the tracks could have been a little flushed out, or you know some of the B sides could have moved into it. And then Virtual Eleven, I felt yeah, this that was is kind of nitpicking for me with the X Factor. X Factor, we liked it. We went through it. We got a lot of good feedback from our listeners, and they liked the album too. And uh, definitely. So, but but ignore that. Go back to this decade yep. where Adrian leaves, and there's not really enough time focused on prepping an album. It's another way to look at it, isn't it? It's yeah. Except the Blaze albums were very well prepped and long. Do you think? Oh yeah. In this, well, not from a they were like almost a year recording. I don't know. Remember when? Uh, well, look at the ones that got left off of X Factor. And X some Factor of the choices... took a long time. Yeah, they did, that album. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I guess studio time and writing, yes. I would say yeah. some of the production choices I would disagree with. But it's not the putting the album together, because yeah. the Kevin Shirley era albums, a lot of those are written in the studio really quick. Yes. And put together really quick and recorded really quick. Yeah. 
So it's not the recording really quick. It's the prep time beforehand was yeah. not put in on this album. Yeah. Uh, the songs I guess are pretty simple. Yeah. I can't pull that. Then. But they're it's going for theme. simple. Yeah. But I can say this. Without Adrian, the, the, the album, you can notice it. Yeah, he's, I'm he's, I'm 100% team yeah. Adrian on this because yes. not that I, we should be pitting them against each other, That's but right. Adrian is like I totally agree they should have taken the three months, and I think that would have been a way better album. Yeah, you know you might have lost some of that like energy and rawness, but. That's kind of that part of my a good thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. part of my criticism of this is the songs are. I said last yeah. time that they wanted a raw sound, but they got like raw as in like half baked song ideas. <laughs> yeah, the more I look at it, the more I, I I realize how important Adrian is. Yeah, you know, and I said last time too. Yeah. It's not just the guitar solos and the guitar playing yeah. and the background vocals. It he would have came up with who knows how many three or four songs. Two, yeah. three, four songs that would have bumped some of the crap off this album. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know, but when when he came back after that decade, yeah, he might have, must have walked been like, "All right, let's let's write a new album." Oh, yeah. oh by the way, great, great work there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. if you're him and you leave this yeah. massive, I mean, you're not Paul Diano, where you, you know you're like, "I fired, I quit, whatever." Yeah, and then they become Iron Maiden Global. Yeah, I know. Um, you're you're aging, you leave, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's like the the air is coming. It's out of the true. Body. If you were to make a list of or if you just looked at Iron Maiden yes. and you slice out the non Adrian parts yes. and remove it. Yeah. You have like Iron Maiden, Killers, Number of the Beast, Peace yeah. of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time. Yeah. Seventh Son. Seventh Son. Right into Brave, Brave New World. New World. Yeah. yeah. So like the Adrian That's right. Lineup of Maiden with Adrian. It's everyone like, would be complaining has no about, misfires on it. Everyone would be complaining about Final Frontier, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, yeah. So that's a, that's awesome. Anyway, this isn't a bad. I don't mean to crap yeah. on this album so much. I know I said that there's like a lot of crap on the song album, but there isn't that much. It's a good album. It's not a bad album. Yeah. It's just not a great Maiden album. Oh, by the way, on like if this note, was a Bruce solo album, I'd be like, okay, this is better than Tattoo Millionaire. Yeah, but on that note, if there is a listener out there. This is one of your favorite albums, talkingman.com slash talk. Leave us a comment about that. Oh, yeah. Anytime yeah. we say anything that you totally disagree with, yeah. talkingmaiden.com slash talk. You can go on there. You can leave a 90-second audio clip. Yeah. And we've been playing some on the past episodes. Um, we've got a bunch kind of banked that I've been holding on until we get to certain topics, and I'm going to play yeah. them. But, uh, yeah, if you want to give take. us a piece of your mind. Yeah. Sizzling <laughs> hot take. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll get into the tracks now. This whole album is kind of, I said last time, it I, reminds me of the Tattooed Millionaire kind of style of songs. Some of the songs on here are not even like as fleshed out as those, I don't think. Um, I don't know, there's, it's like fast throwaway, fun rockers. There's a couple of songs where they kind of verge on like epic yes. tracks. I don't know, but I think this is like banging out quick tunes. Like, let's get some ideas out and let's try to get the energy of like a fast written tune and get it down on tape and get it out. Yeah. So I don't this know. is this is an album where I need to go through and because I've listened to it a ton in the lead up to this because we've been talking about this for a while and I don't give it a listen that often. So yeah. I didn't want to get on here unprepped and be like, oh, you know, I listen to every now and then. Like I listen to this a ton and there are like five or six tracks I need to rip out of this album and put in a mix somewhere so I actually listen to them because yeah. I'm just not going to listen to that album this album that much so what i do with albums like that when i'm trying to yeah. get in like some of these like i've been listening to some paul diano solo stuff that i've kind of uh ignored like paul diano battle zone mm -hmm. i'll put the album in a playlist i'll listen to it through 
And when I know one of the songs, I'll delete it out of the playlist. So as I learn the songs, I delete it. And what you're left with is like two or three songs that you listen to on repeat. And then by the time you're done that, you know all the songs inside All the out. prime cuts are done. You're left with baloney meat. Yeah, but that's what you do if you want to know. The, yeah, that's how what I do with albums, though, if I'm trying to like get into an album. If it's an album I've never heard before, and you yeah. gave it to me now, and you want it next Friday on the podcast, I would put it in a playlist and start listening to it. And as I knew the songs, I would delete them. And then, you know what I mean? And then yeah. gradually you delete them as you know them, until you know them all. Yeah, but... <laughs> the good parts the good parts i know like, but that's just what you, and then you yeah. go back and listen to it all the way through i know because there are some sleeper tracks where yeah. all of a sudden you wake up and the assassin's on like, what's going on <laughs> you're like singing along yeah i love it one time you're Better hated the next watch out i know yeah <laughs> i can't wait to get to that track yeah. i have a lot to say about that one that's gonna be good one. all right so we did the first two songs yes tail gunner we went through right. uh quite we both a good liked, discussion yeah, yeah. We kind of got off on a uh, World War II bomber tangent. But and there's nothing okay. wrong with that. I'm okay with it. You know, I consulted with my psychic. She said it's okay. <laughs> um, the, the Tail Gunner, absolutely, we both liked it. Yeah. Good opening track. We gave it a high rating. You said it was the best on the album. Yeah. I'm going to reserve that. that. Okay. Well, although, you know, I don't know. Holy Smoke, I was, you know, I like the track more than you do. Yeah. Um, you changed me around on the I thought it was I okay, no but I don't love the track. No. I was like, I can do with one of these on the album, but there's a few. Yeah. I never, I never gave it a rating. I and the vocals think. kind of, yeah. I don't know. Eh, yeah, it's the first time where it starts the the frying or rasping. The raspy, yeah. Yeah, and I, I give it a six or a seven. I, it's a good track. Maybe it's yeah, I give it a yeah, I'm not five and a half. Five <laughs> Maybe, and a half. I don't know. I haven't thought about these. I haven't thought about assigning any numbers to any of these yet. Yeah, speaking of uh, though, so. <laughs> the, doing a podcast. This is thirsty work. <laughs> thirsty work. <laughs> making making holy tunes. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's mm. a pretty good beer. This is a good beer. I like it. It's going too fast, so it's evaporated. Swedish, <laughs> Swedish uh, brewers. Track number three, No Prayer for the Dying. Title track. Yes. Steve Harris composition. Yes. So after Holy Smoke, you get like a decent, really solid song, I think. Maybe one of the best on the album, I think. No, it's no Tail Gunner. Uh, but it's got kind of an 80s maiden sound to it with like keyboards and guitar yeah. lines. And after hearing Holy Smoke, when I hear these like keyboards and some like production, it's kind of like a, a relief to me. <laughs> really? Coming out of Holy Smoke into this. So here's the intro. So they're going for a stripped down sound, yeah. But then there's still like keyboards and like layers of stuff in there. So this is yeah. some like production after Holy Smoke, yeah. And to me, it's kind of like, oh, it sounds like Maiden again, instead of like really? solo stuff, yeah. Okay. So I like how it, and I something I like about this track, it breaks down kind of, and then it swells up again for the you know what I mean after the verses end. Yeah. And I, you know the part where he's like, you got nothing to lose, and then it kicks in again? That's so horrible, though. I love that part. And I love the way the drums kick in after that. And it switches between, like, mellow and heavier. And I think it has, like, really cool dynamics Do you, do you, you have the clip of the you got nothing to lose part? But if you ask me a question, would I tell you the truth? Now there's something to bet on. You've got nothing to lose, yeah. Yeah. 
This is I hate this song. This oh, is yeah? one really? of the worst songs I think that Maiden have ever put on it. It's it's horrible. Okay. It doesn't deserve a title track. When you hear that clip, just think about Millhouse's father. You know, can I borrow yeah. a feeling? That's what literally comes to my mind. It's like, got nothing allows. Like he's like doing this horrible <laughs> fry. I don't like the way he sings it, but I just like the dynamics. I like how it comes. It breaks down into just like a really the very sparse instruments. Yeah. And then it kicks in again, and it keeps it interesting. I like that. The sound, his voice. This is just so wrong. As soon as I hear this track, I just cringe. Like I actually. Oh my god! You don't like the song at I all. I hate it. I would put this in the top three or four of the album. I would put this in the worst of the album, probably. Wow. Close to the wow. worst. Wow. There's some pretty. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I really after. don't like this track. <laughs> I really don't like it. Okay, because I like it. I think it's like a mellow song, and then nowhere out of nowhere, kind of ramps up to this like blistering, awesome solo. And it starts off so slow and sparse. And then this like ramped up part comes out of nowhere and it makes the song interesting. I think it's, I don't know. Because it's almost like a slow dirge, but then it has this like high energy part. So like, it kind of like, you know how it changes time and it ramps up? It reminds me of like Afraid to Shoot Strangers, which is another song. It's like, it has a similar rhythm and there's like a similar transition between like slow and fast parts. Listen to this part and listen to the bass in here. I think it's, I like that part, but that part reminds me of Afraid to Shoot Strangers when it kicks in. But I really like that part, and I really like the song. I think it's pretty good. I, I can see your perspective, and the ramp up there is good. Yeah. But the problem is the way it starts, and this is the third track, and that stupid, you know, you got nothing to lose. It just clicks into me, and as soon as I hear it, it A, you know how much I go on about Bruce's vocals. Yeah. I love them to pieces. Yeah. And I'm not panning this whole album because my favorite tracks are coming up. Yep. I, I think we're going to be opposite on this album. But this is what it <laughs> I reminds I thought we were going to be like agreeing on everything. I think we're no. going to butt heads on every track. We're going to butt heads on it all. <laughs> I know. This is what it reminds me of. Okay. Can I borrow a feeling? Could you lend me a jar of love? Hurting hearts need some healing. Take my hand with your glove of love. That's when he goes, you got nothing to lose. It's so low yeah, that it's it puts low, me in the mindset. I, I, can, I know what you're it's saying. It's such a low point of him as a... Like, you got to remember, Seventh Son is my favorite oh, yeah, album. Yeah. And he's just epic. And people are like, oh, there's too much synth going on, this or that. So, Seventh Son, my favorite album right before this. Epic. Yeah. So many great tracks on that. You know, um, Can I Play With Madness, you know, Evil Men yeah. Do. There's so much vocally there for him. Right. And then he's like, you know, oh, Living this on track. a razor's edge. Part, yes. Yeah. All of this. And then, you know. I agree. You go to this and then it's that rasp where he's like. It's, trying, some, it's like, I, I'm a really good singer, but I don't want to sound like I'm a good singer. I want to kind of, I want to sound like I'm a raspy i don't know what but you, when you're saying like parrot back like tail gunner fine holy smoke i was like what's going on with the lyrics yeah. some of the later songs like yeah when we get no into i can them, see you have a point yeah well then you're like oh it it's doesn't parrot bother back. me on this song though it, almost, it bothers me more on the fast songs i don't know why it's the title track it gives me more of this feeling like 
we're, you know, we're still here. Can I borrow a feeling? Like, you know, like, oh, we got nothing to lose. I'm like, oh my God, yes, you got everything to lose. This sucks. Hey, Luann, title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have my shirts back? Adrian, don't leave me. All right, I'll be back. Okay, so the vocals. Okay. I agree that the vocals. I don't think they're that bad, but you think they suck. On this track. They don't bother me on this track. Okay. You suck. I like (laughs) Aside from the vocals, I love. I like the song. This is one of my favorites. I said before, this is one of my favorites <laughs> you, on the album. Yeah. The solos are great. Okay, so people give Gannick a lot of heat. Yes. Some, you know, I think it's kind of similar to the Blaze backla- Backlash. Yes. People don't like it when you change someone in your favorite band. Yes. And Adrian's like so loved by Maiden fans. Yeah. I think it's more of a backlash against Adrian Gom yeah. than actually hatred towards Yannick. But this is like an example of Yannick like knocking a guitar solo out of the park. So it's a the solo is Dave Murray, then Yannick, then Dave Murray. It's another example of how like how different the Maiden solo sections are now with Yannick and Dave in the band. Like Dave starts off with this cool stuff up high in the neck. It's kind of improvised. Yeah. If this was on a previous album, Dave's part would be the wild part, and Adrian would have came out with like a melodic part. Yeah. I kind of got into that in the last episode, but instead Yannick comes in with something even more wild, and it makes Dave's solo sound like the restrained melodic one. So here's Dave Solo. So normally you would think that would be like kind of a wild solo. Yeah. But then when Yannick comes in with his part, it makes that part seem kind of like almost tame. So that's very different for Maiden up to this point. Like, that's wild even for, like, a Maiden solo. And that's what Yannick... That's, like, the Yannick level of wildness in a solo. That's right. You know what I mean? So you used to have Adrian, and then Dave was a wild one. Now Dave is kind of the straight man. And Yannick, like, that was pretty crazy solo. It was. I'm not complaining. I think it really works well. But it's a very different dynamic from what you had in previous Maiden albums. And Yannick's book ended quite well there. And I think it's... Those are awesome solos. Definitely. And there's some good parts in the song but yep. i stick by i'm calling the dance to death argument it said like once that that opening and that it just like it wrecks the song it's the dld <laughs> in the middle for oh, me. Yeah, the dancing and, and the prancing and dancing and <laughs> prancing and that's which is another simpsons reference the the, the millhousey dad feel on, on it you know i just can't get back from it i just love so what it. do you think of the song live if you would tell me come on what my life means what Now you're winning me over because Milhouse couldn't even sing that. <laughs> yeah. And he's overcompensating now. He's like, yeah. I know on the album I sang it all gruff, so I'm going to oversing it. Yeah. Well, I think the live version this is awesome. They haven't it's played this live since September 21st, 1991. Yeah. So. It, it was it was on the, the No Prayer tour. Yeah. This would be think, cool with yeah. three guitarists, I think. 
I love to hear this with the current lineup and stretch the solo section a bit. And each guitar player gets like 30 seconds of solo mm. and stretch that part out. I think I'd love to hear what Adrian will come up with for the, yeah. a solo in the song. But it's like, it's very different for Maiden at this point. It's kind of a ballad, which they hadn't really done in the past. I guess maybe Infinite Dream, sort of. Yeah. But this is like the most ballady thing they've ever done at the, up to this point. Another thing with this track, the CD single had Listen with Nico Part 11 on it. So the first 10 parts of those Listen with Nico things were on the first 10 years box set singles. And this is like kind of a unknown that there's a num- there's actually an 11th uh, Listen with Nico, and it's on the CD single or a version of the CD single. Really? For the song. Uh, I listened to it, and he says basically nothing worth listening to. Yeah. <laughs> he just basically comes on and says, hey, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he doesn't yeah. say anything about anything interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like a throwaway, whatever. Yeah, remember that B-side where he just started singing weird stuff and then oh, like, yeah, it had yeah. great, it had a great riff? Yeah, that was Age of Innocence, the uh, yeah. <laughs> the Nico like, version. Dubbed, dubbed, yeah, just, oh, you're talking about the Hocus no. Focus, Hocus Pocus by Focus cover. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the one. He's like, I love you when you love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, God. Yeah. So you hate that song. I think that's one of the best I, songs on the album. One know, of I, the best. Hate is a strong word. I just, it, it really... Look, I wouldn't have a big problem if it wasn't a title track and if it wasn't on the live tour. And if it was, well, no, I, if they'd have just fixed that bit, like it just, it's a perfect showcase of what's wrong with this album. Okay. So it's the it's vocals, the t- though, that you don't it's like. It's the total, it's the title track. Yeah. And I would uh, disagree with you on the, uh, well, on the, the perception that you need Adrian to, to keep Dave and, and, and that the yeah. duo is great. I love all of the solos. Yeah. I liked them to too. Point. I wasn't complaining. I was yeah. just commenting on how different it is now, the yeah. dynamic between the two of them. And I like the way the song ramps up. And yeah. It's got a real maiden feel. Yeah. It's just, it's so dominated by these horrible vocals. Okay. And and that's a theme that I carry through See, this album. because my biggest complaint about this album is the vocals and the way Bruce sings. But yeah. this on this song, it doesn't bother me. I don't know no? why. No, I, it didn't... Did you hear the Burl feeling <laughs> clip? Did you hear it? Do you not hear and it? And I can hear like it when you're when lose. I listen for it. I can hear oh, it, man. but it doesn't bother me when he sings it like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast, possibly the best podcast in the world. I'm running out of my time. I'm running out of breath. Next track. <laughs> Next track. Moving right along. What? Next track is a Dave Murray yes. composition. Yes. So Public Anima number one. Well, no, I love Maybe this one track. of the me too. I love this track yes. too. Um other than the lame title, which is kind of Yeah, that's stupid. that's the one stupid thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a pretty good track. Yeah. It's good. I love they left uh at the beginning you can hear Nico counting in. It's really yeah. low in the mix, but if you crank it up, you can hear him. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Nico uh Yeah. I think he's just yelling before they start, and his drum mics are picking it up. Yeah, that's like in the in the matter like neck. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of those. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny, and it doesn't take away from the song. It's just like a little thing at the beginning. So it's not like when Bruce does B sides and he does stupid stuff in the middle. (laughs) You know, public anima play on public enemy and anima, but when you actually think about what a public anima is, (laughs) I know I never thought of that before. It's so horrible. Public enema is very It's like it's like everyone gather around. Either you've accidentally. Well, you know, had an enema in public, unintentionally, <laughs> or you're getting an enema and it's public. Yeah. None of none of which is. It makes no sense. It makes true. no sense. Um, this is so. This is Dave Murray, yeah. songwriting with Bruce Dickinson. They also teamed up to write "Judas, My Guide," which yeah. has a very similar kind of feel to this. Sort of similar subject matter too. I don't know. Raspy delivered verses and like 
a chorus with harmonies yeah. in it. You know what I mean? So it's there's like the sister song to Judas My Guide, I think. Yeah. Um eight so this is a pretty cool little uh intro part. A lot of Dave Murray songs have cool little intro parts. So that's pretty cool. I like yeah. Dave Murray songs have these little like cool guitar parts. And then underneath the verses is these like buzzsaw distorted chords ringing out. Yeah. And I think that's what gives this like that's the raw, this is them succeeding at trying to get a raw feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's this chugging guitar and bass. But Yannick does this like ringing distorted chords over it and it kind of gives it this raw feel. So I think that's the raw style they're going for. Yeah. It's kind of harsh and aggressive sounding. Yeah. Which are, you know what I mean? It's like they're disowning the whole like Infinite Dreams, Play With Madness, Seven Suns, smooth production sound. But uh, I think it kind of works on this. The instrumentation on this kind of works. Yeah, yeah I'll, I will contradict my last track analysis yeah. on this one by saying that most of the songs I like on this album, either his vocals are overshadowed or they're not the main point. This is the one track maybe the one track I you know I'd probably put um, Run Silent Run Deep in with this but where his raspiness actually works yeah I'm not a huge fan of his vocals on the verses but like I like the transition he's going from like the harsh verse to the smooth chorus for like a dynamic that transition is important and it's not really overdone yeah because the way he's delivering them he's not singing a raspy thing he's just kind of like hitting a note the rolling yeah. you know what i mean i don't it, it works in this song i think he's trying to like and he's trying to convey something the way he's singing that ties in with the lyrics because the lyrics are like a million network slaves in an advertising new age you know the california dreaming as the world dies screaming which i think is a cool awesome lyric yeah when you're singing with that subject matter i think like the singing style kind of works there's a cool echo part added to it when he's like the breaking strain is fast approaching guns and riots 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 the breaking strain is fast approaching guns and riots 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 like an echo it just it, I don't know the whole delivery kind of works with what they're singing about yeah so I don't know the tone of the singing and the tone of the lyrics I think match up that's cool I like it yeah it works so the raspiness that I usually complain about I think works here and then when they get into the chorus, it's just awesome. I love, it's like super catchy. The harmonies totally make it. Fall on your knees today And pray the world will mend its ways Get to your feet again Refugees It's a cool it's a cool course yeah the fall on your knees part i love it i like it one thing about this song is the course what i like so much about the course is the harmonies yeah and everything and so when they do it live i don't think it like translates very well because when you strip out the harmonies the harmonies are so important in this song in the course 
that like when you strip them out, it just loses all its power. And it sounds kind of like, I don't know, empty sounding. But you know what I mean? Without those yeah. harmonies, it kind of loses its power. Yeah. But he was he was singing there. <laughs> I know. But you know what I mean? On the album version, yeah. the harmonies really make it. And that's something else that you're yeah. missing from Adrian, right? Adrian's right. background vocals are a huge part of Maiden. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. he, I don't know if he would have had a cool, you know, melody to go along with that live. Yeah, it could have been good. I love the transitions, though, and the vocals, um, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. The, the bridge that sets up the co- solo is pretty cool. There's some, like, cool bass playing in there. Solos are very, like, old-school Maiden-sounding. They're not very, like, memorable, I don't think, but, like, they're very maiden sounding It's all Dave Murray playing the solos. Um, there's some cool tapping stuff in here. It's, like, how do I describe that? This is, like, a good example of Dave, how he's shifting to take that, like, melodic solo role now that Adrian's gone. So this is, like, more structure than I think you would normally get from a Dave Murray solo. It's a pretty cool solo. I like how it's like... It's like the build-up to the solo is like a guitar line, and it kind of morphs into the solo. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's very, like, maiden sounding. But, I don't know. It's not memorable, really. I don't know. Like, this is yeah. kind of my issue with this album. So the solos are good, and they're, sometimes they're great. But if I pick a song from this album and tell you to hum the solo, you can't do it, right? Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of past Maiden albums, I mean, I can name any song and you can sing me the solo yeah. back, right? Yeah. They're not really memorable. They're good and they fit the song, but they're not Yeah. that, I don't know, they're not there. They're good, they're pretty good, but they're not great. Yeah, I think... Really, and with Maiden, yeah. if I get pretty good from Maiden, I'm kind yeah. of disappointed. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, the bar is high. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I like the solo and I, you know, it depends. You're obviously much more focused on solos than... Than, than other people like I, mean, yeah. I love the solos and you know I love the yeah. guitar parts for me I, I just so much of the main experience of the vocals yeah. that's what takes the guts out of me although what I would say about this track um, I love the transitions I love the pace I find it's yeah. perfectly placed it it brings the album back for me after yeah. the track I really before. do like this track oh it's like one of my anything, favorites yeah this is yeah. one of my favorites on the but it also too. kicks off a run in the album yeah um, that I love. Okay. Yeah, so I'm at a stage right now, Fate's Warning. I still like Tailgunner yeah. much better than this. Yeah. But this is probably the next best song of the ones that we've covered so far. Yeah. If I was to describe the album without too much spoiler alerts, yeah. I'd say Tailgunner starts, holy smoke, damn. a bit of a dip, yeah. Yeah, to the title track. And this brings it back up for me, and it's yeah. this nice plateau that I love, yeah. including some, some ones we're going to okay. call with Assassin. <laughs> And then I find it tails out like, you know, it's yeah, like, I know what you, you mean. know, bring your daughter and mother Russia and those. Um, so I find that this now, this part of the album that kicks off is my favorite part. Like yeah. these next, okay. four, these four tracks, yeah. including this. So next song is Fate's Warning, which oh, is another Dave I Murray. So you get two Dave Murray yeah. songs in a row. Yeah. 
This one is the better of the two, I think. Yeah. This song's even better than the last one. Yeah? I think this one is... Like, I think Adrian kind of left, and Dave kind of stepped up and was like, I'm going to contribute to this album. And some of the Dave Murray stuff is some of the best stuff on this album. But this is another one, like, another Dave Murray written song that has a cool, like, melodic intro. Like, I mentioned on the last song, he, when he writes songs, he always comes up with, like, a cool guitar intro to them. And this is another one. So this is the second Dave Murray song in a row. Another one with a intro. Hmm. Dave Murray, I was saying he always does these intros. So these songs, I'm about to play a mashup of Dave Murray intros. These are all songs that have Dave Murray writing credits. And they all have really cool intros. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I can listen to Dave Murray play that kind of like bluesy stuff like all day long. I love yeah. his guitar playing when he plays like that. It's great. But those are all songs. Did he write all those songs? Yep. Where he has writing credits on them all. So that was yeah. Still Life, Prophecy, yep. Age of Innocence, Deja Vu, Benjamin Brieg, Man Who Would Be King, Man of Sorrows, and Lightning Strikes Twice. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Brieg. That was one I was like, I was oh, trying yeah. to pick that one. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave Murray, when he writes songs, he they always have like cool guitar parts in them. Yeah. Someone recently mentioned to me because i said something I, i'm always talking about like dave and adrian now i always say like i think we it was a couple episodes ago i said like i'm more of an age i like adrian better or something yeah and someone's like oh you don't like dave no love for dave and i was like man i love dave murray's guitar yeah. playing yeah, yeah. i may have said a few times yeah that i like adrian better because i don't know yeah. his style or something but like dave murray's like the heart and soul him and steve harris are like the heart and soul of maiden yeah. i think if you took dave murray or steve harris away I think you could replace almost anyone else in the band and yeah. maybe keep going as Maiden. But those two, I don't know. But anyway, Dave Murray. This is a Murray-written song. Murray-written guitar parts. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that, yeah. That, that gives me a different perspective on the track. Yeah. Makes me like it even more. Yeah. This is totally, like, flies under the radar for me. I totally overlook it, and I overlook it all the time. But it's really, really good. And I think until I started listening and digging into this album for this episode... I never really realized... I think this is maybe the standout track along with Tail Gunner. For me. Really? Yeah. Like, I think this song could go on Seventh Son. If you're listening to this album and looking for some older era sounding Maiden, this sounds to me like Seventh Son era Maiden. Like that's Seventh Sun-ish yeah. to me, totally. Like he sing, there's a little bit of rasp in there. Yeah. But it kind of fits. I think this could have been dropped in the middle of Seventh Sun. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics. Why is it some of us are destined to stay alive, and some of us are here just so that we'll die? Yeah. That's pure Seventh Sun lyrics, right? Yeah. Be it the devil or be it him, you can count on just one thing. When the time is up, you'll know. Not just one power runs the show. Like yeah. that's totally out of Seventh Son. Definitely. Yeah. I would say you started off. You said, "Oh, this runs through the Seventh Son era. This is the next album. <laughs> the era is like what throwback. Yeah. To the last album. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know, it. I, I just it, think yeah. It's not hard to tell why I love this song. The singing is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. But also, I find, I I was thinking for the analogy there as he was singing. It's like anyone who's a motorcycle rider or like you you've driven like you drive a you know a standard. Yeah. So like, but if you drive bike, like there's nothing worse than like driving at a gear, right? Oh, yeah. And then if you're driving a nice bike, you want to get it humming, right? Yeah. But like this album to me feels like, you know, driving in first gear. It's just, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? From a vocal perspective. Yeah. I know what you mean. So, but that, that song there, it does harken back to, you know, even, yeah. even summer in time. Yeah. And uh, for me, I just love it. So this tie, yeah. yeah, for me, this is one of the standout tracks and it's totally underrated I never would have th- said that until like the last couple of weeks when I started listening to the album a lot to get yeah. ready for this episode. There's so much cool stuff in here. The bass playing in the song, Under the Bridge, if you listen to Steve Harris, what he's playing, it's awesome.
it's pretty cool. I think, yeah, the lyrics, it's very Seventh Son era sounding. Yeah. Be yeah. it the devil or be it him, you can count on just one thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for me, it's... And the it's, not just one power yeah. runs the show. That's totally into the good and evil. Yeah, the whole dynamic. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. When you when you get through these, you realize there is no theme or no attempted theme at all. Really. No, yeah, it's like a collection of songs kind of thrown together. Which we, some would argue that we've been saying is more <laughs> often the case than not. Yeah. Although I look for themes more than you do, perhaps. Yeah, but this is an underrated song. The solos are great. It's Dave Murray. And yeah. then there's this guitar instrumental part. Yeah. And then Yannick comes in. The first solo from Dave is like pretty standard Dave Murray stuff. There's some pretty cool bass playing underneath it though so that kind of just sets up like the little guitar instrumental part it's like guitar harmony part this sounds like something off seven sun or maybe even somewhere in time i would say almost like somewhere in time to me yeah those like guitar harmony it almost sounds like guitar synth but yeah that's not guitar synth i think it's guitar harmonies the two guitars like i was complaining about the production and everything on this album and when i get a song that's produced that sounds kind of like the past albums i'm really drawn to it like tail gunner to me kind of sounds like older maiden Mm. and this song does too and these are the two that i tend to like the best that's funny but anyway it comes out of that guitar harmony part and then yannick's solo comes up and this is weird because the whole album i've been saying like yannick plays these wild wild things but this is yannick kind of taking the adrian role and playing a really planned out like melodic part and he does fit some like yannick craziness in there with like whammy bar dives and stuff and then it like pops back into the final chorus but like this for yannick this is very like restrained and like composed It's almost like he's playing like this melodic part, yeah. and then he gets like, "Well, I got ten seconds left, and I'm just gonna go crazy." You just gotta do <laughs> he's it. He's like, "I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna do yeah. something crazy." It just, sounds cool. I love, I love the way though you 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 describe it. You're like, uh, "Oh, this is Dave, but he's doing the Adrian part, and Yannick's doing the Dave part." <laughs> I and I'm like, I, I could just picture them all together, and, and you know, and and Adrian and yeah. Dave have been buddies forever, and then Adrian leaves, like, "Oh, bollocks to him! I'll do the Adrian part," and then and then Bruce goes, "So, so I'll be Paul then." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Like I'm almost doing a Paul Diano yeah. gruff delivery. Yeah, they're like kids in a yard. I'm Batman. This, I'm this is the album where everyone is someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be Dave. I want to, I want to be Adrian. And then Yannick's like, I just want to get paid. When I say doing the Adrian part, I mean traditionally the part that Adrian yeah. would have done. I know, everyone knows that. But I, I, know I know everyone knows that. I'm just but like, it's an uh, underrated track. Steve Harris, probably the best bass playing on the albums on the song, yeah. maybe. I haven't really thought that out. The vocals are great. I don't know. I love the song. I love it too. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's it's in the middle of my favorite part of the album. Public Anima number one. 
Fate's Warning. Yeah, these are the good. Assassin. Oh, Man Okay, we're Wait out now. of time. To... But we'll get onto that one next week. So next you be- episode, we'll you start better with the watch out. Cause I'm the assassin. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, I can't wait. You to love that. I, I think I, it's like the worst. Yeah, but it's it's well, so we'll bad. Talk about it's it next great. Week. We'll get into it next week. <laughs> Maybe by then I'll hate it. See, this is what happens with me and Josh. We do this podcast. Yeah. And like, we're sitting here recording with this album. We're dying to get into the assassin, but we're yeah. like, we'll wait till next week, <laughs> and then we'll go out like have a few beers somewhere and we'll yeah. be like don't talk about the assassin don't talk about Iron Maiden we're gonna save it yeah, we don't want to get all our good well we're getting on the beer this weekend yeah so let's not talk about the assassin oh man now that's all I'm gonna talk about you know what I'm like you shouldn't have brought it up now that's all I'm gonna talk about oh man I'm someone just, will get a kick out of that because you're uh, gonna be sitting at the I'll be like I go to the washroom and the waitress is gonna be like hey, what's this assassin about <laughs> take that uh, I will better watch out yeah I'm not saying <laughs> I say, yeah. what is it? Oh yeah! I, every now and then I'll sing something yeah. on the podcast, and I'll get a few comments, emails saying, "Good, good singing." Good singing, with my, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get these sarcastic emails. Yeah. When are we going to hear more singing out of you? Oh god, that's the best. I know I'm a horrible singer. But yeah, better watch out. Me. Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, man. You know what? It, we're, we're, hopefully, we're not being too negative because there are some good tracks. I think we're being very positive, actually. Yeah, we kind of ripped a little bit of Holy Smoke, but you liked yeah. it a lot. I said it was pretty good, but we haven't really trashed a track yet. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to come in. Well, no, I I was pretty hard on the title track. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I came in guns blazing last time. I was ready to go at Holy Smoke, but then when you were like, I was like, oh, I can I can buy the theme now. Yeah, you know, I don't go off and in in a lead up trying to pretend I'm Nesbit and read all the background <laughs> stories. I like to sit here and get it fresh. I, I the do assassin, my, yeah. the assassin, I will not be kind to. The gloves no. are coming off for the assassin. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but it's it's cheddar cheese. Yeah, but that's what's so great about it. Come on, you got to admit though. When you, when, <laughs> we'll get into it next time. Yeah, we will. You better watch out. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap this up now. <laughs> All right, talkingmaiden.com. Get us on there if you've got a comment about any of this, like you know how bad Ness was singing is, or how great Josh's analysis, yeah, or how isn't. great my singing is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, circle back on the. Beer. I'm gonna go back when I edit this podcast i'm gonna put a whole bunch of reverb on my voice yeah make it sound awesome do it (laughs) oh my god yeah you'll be worse than the lead singer kiss or something um circle back on the beer good ipa not great not great yeah it's pretty good though yeah well it's pretty good yeah that's right that's not bad yeah i enjoyed it talkmaiden.com email us on there get us on facebook you can get us on twitter talkingmaiden.com slash talk if you want to leave us an audio message that we yeah. will probably play on podcast. Yeah. Especially uh, if it's good. Yeah. Or if you think you can sing better than me. <laughs> this is, oh, no. That's, that's if you dangerous. have a beer recommendation, no one's called yeah. in and left anything about a beer yet. Talkingmaiden.com slash beers. Yeah. Or you can just go to Talking Maiden and look at the menu. Just I don't know why I'm giving you all these. Have, have a good, yeah, go yeah. to the menu. The, all of the URLs yeah. are there. Click on beers. Click and there's a list of every beer we've had on here. So. All right. I can't wait to do part three. Yeah. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops. Yeah.